The mayors in black want you to know that we think black lives matter. People of color matter. LGBTIQA plus lives matter. People with disabilities matter. We think all populations that have been systemically oppressed matter. We hear you. We see you. We know we benefit from these systems and we want to be better allies. This is Hunter, and I am here with the illustrious Anna Health of Anna Health is Crazy <laughs> uh, of Dreamflight uh, Dream Design, right? Not studio. Great design. Okay. And hi, everybody. So Anna is joining us to tell us a little bit about her hobby journey and her tack making and about International uh, Tack Making Month. Yeah, I'm happy to share. All right. So... Um, We've gotten Anna fresh off a, a state steal this morning, so she's very chipper. <laughs> uh, so first off, Anna, how did you get in the hobby? How old were you? Well, tell us about yourself first. Who are you? What's your, what do you do in the hobby? Uh, how'd you find the hobby? I'm Anna Helt. Uh, I live in the Midwest, the Kansas City metro area. Um, I do tack, specifically teeny tiny tack. Um, I go from micros up to um, the newly dubbed venti scale, which is about 120. Um, and actually both of those are kind of a departure for me. Up until recently, I only did stable meats exclusively. So 132nd-ish scale. Um, I found the hobby like a lot of people did. Somebody gave me a horse. Um, I had a briar catalog in the back and I just loved looking at all of the stuff in the catalog. And of course, I was 10. I couldn't afford any of it. So right. I made barns out of cardboard and saddles out of gloves and purses. And um, there was actually a really spectacularly bad one made out of purple vinyl scrapped from <laughs> a binder. Yeah. Um, held together with scotch tape and with like paper clip strips. It was bad. <laughs> um, That's amazing, but, uh, though. Yeah. Um, I started doing stable meat scale stuff. Honestly, it was just the economy of it. Um, all of the hardware for the larger stuff cost money I didn't have. Um, it was supplies that I didn't want to go out and buy an entire hide. Uh, it was just a lot easier to make a profit on tiny things. And I also just really enjoy trying to do things as small as I can. So is that is that a thing that's like pervasive across your life? It's not just the tack. You like doing little tiny things. I mean, I don't live in a tiny house or anything. <laughs> I can't imagine doing that. But my collection is mostly stablemate scale. Um, I have, you know, some little tiny Hagen Renneker mice and bunnies and things. Um, but other than that, I guess not. I've got, you know, lots of books, but that's about my only other hobby. Uh, so did you, was, so it was just cost. You didn't see like a, a niche for Tiny Tack, like nobody was doing it but you? At the time when I first started, I think I sold my first piece in 2007. Um, I think that Cindy Silker was maybe still active. Oh, yeah. I don't remember. And Carrie Sloan Meyer's been making mini tack, you know, for as long as I can remember. And so I didn't feel like there was a super a niche for it, really. But the more I got into it and the more I got involved with the hobby, I realized this is there's not a lot going on here. And now it's pretty much me and Carrie, I think. Um, maybe yeah. there's a handful of people out there, but not a whole lot. Yeah, I remember Cindy Silker. And who was it? Kim Ford? Oh Kim yeah, Ford? Kim Ford. Yeah. Kim Ford too. And I know um Evelyn Monday has done um two or three stablemate sized pieces. Uh, oh, you know, Lauren Wood. I forgot about Lauren Wood too. She isn't making pack as much anymore, but she did the mini stuff for a very long time. Yeah. 
Um, what did you start with mini tech or did you like, did you just jump in the deep end and say, I'm going to make mini tech or did you start with bigger stuff and then adapt it? I think I probably started with bigger stuff, but honestly, it's, it's about even as to when I started, because I have a, my collection was mostly stable mates, sure. um, like you do when you're 12. Um, and I played with all of them. I had a, you know, pretty healthy carpet herd. And so I imagine I did a little bit of both, but when I started trying to sell things, and make realistic tack, I did focus on stable meats pretty much from the get-go. Right. What, so, so what, um, you said you made a, per, you know, you were making tack when you were a kid. Was that just, you know, when you got older, that was the jumping off point? Did anything inspire you to start making tack? Um, I've always loved horses and I had the briars. I did not have the briar tack and the grand champion saddles only fit so many horses. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I, you know, the bigger horses needed bigger tack and the smaller ones needed bigger tack. And then eventually I found um, the fallen leaves forum on the internet. And I realized, wow, there's an entire world of this. I, you know, saw my first Jennifer Buxton <laughs> saddle and found her blog. And it just kind of steamrolled from there, realizing that there are people who make these tiny, intricate things. And I want to be part of that. So um, tell us, let's talk about, while we're here, actually, uh, <laughs> to talk about International Tack Making Month. You started that. What inspired you to start, uh, start that event? I actually co-founded it with Hannah Bear uh, right after Inter uh, Nemo Pema. So okay. just the, the popularity of that and the number of new people that got involved was just really inspiring. And we thought we want to do this for tack making, which traditionally has a very high entry barrier due to cost and sure. um, a kind of technical skill, too. So we wanted to try and make um, a welcoming environment that would get people to just give it a try, dip their toes in. And maybe they wouldn't like it, but maybe they would. And then they come back and for more and more and more. So uh, so what's let's talk about um, the details of the event. What dates like it's going this year, correct? Yes, it is going this year. Um, I took over running it in uh, 2020. That was my first year doing it solo. Han and I traded off a little bit before that, just life stuff. Um, but it has run from April 1st to April 30th every year. Uh, that hasn't changed. Um, registration is going on now. And we actually run it through the beginning of April just a little bit. This year, it's running through April 2nd. So people have a little bit of extra wiggle time if they haven't decided or find a slate. Um, the goal is to make a piece of tap. Any piece of tech, it can be imaginary, it can be real, it can be a lead rope, it can be an entire Arabian costume, whatever <laughs> you want in, um, in a month from April 1st to April 30th using you know, local time zones. We're not that fussy. I was going to ask about that as far as, as goals, like is, is it you have 30 days start to finish, like you have to start it on April 4th or April 1st and finish it by the end of the, the period. Can people bring in half done stuff? Like what, what are the rules? I'm, I'm sure really, they're not very many if it's like not <laughs> Namo, Namo Pema. Yeah, it's not Namo Pema level. Um, not quite anyway. And I, you know, huge props to Jennifer and her team for running that. That is an endeavor. And I kind of knew that I wouldn't be able to handle that. Um, <laughs> so we, um, we prefer that they start something from scratch. Um, although people can like, if they have a jumping set in progress, they can do like the boots for that set or the girth for that set, something like that. But like, it has to be like a discrete piece of tack. It can be an element of a larger set, but you can't say I'm going to make 40 tassels in April. That doesn't quite work. 
uh, it, they do, you have to start sometime in April. You cannot start until April 1st. And you have to have it finished by April 30th. But other than that, I don't care when you start. It's up to you and what you think um, your ability is. We do, we have taken from NAMO PAMO that once you register, it's a commitment. We don't want you to change. We want you to stick with it. And sometimes you don't finish. I have not finished. Um, actually, I have not finished more often than I have finished. Uh, I pick projects <laughs> that are a little a little bigger than my month. <laughs> yeah, I, I entered NAMO PAMO and didn't even start my horse. Like, because the month just got crazy. Oh, February uh, is nuts. February is nuts. I don't know why. Uh, so um, let's talk a little bit about uh, sponsors. I know you have quite a few for this event. Um, yeah. They're pretty well recognized. So can you go through uh, who's helping you uh, hold this event? Sure. One of the goals of International Model Attack Month is to lower that entry barrier. And one of the ways we've tried to do that is by getting hobby businesses to offer discounts for International Model Attack Month participants. That brings the cost down at least a little bit. Um, we have Rio Rondo this year. Um, we have Blue Duck Saddlery, Horsing Around, Yellowbird Acres, and the Unicorn Woman. And we've had others um, in past years, too. I reached out to some of them again and didn't hadn't heard back yet. Um, as of this recording, so fingers crossed, maybe look at that. <laughs> but that's still a really great, um, a really great lineup. We've had horsing around and Rio Rondo from the beginning, I think. I was going to say that's amazing because they're yeah. kind of the big guns in the. In they the... are. Horsing around gives us 20% off um, our entire order of tax stuff, exclusive of shipping, of course, and they're in Great Britain. So that makes a big difference. Um, the 20% does. Sure. And then Rio Rondo does 10% off your order and they have $1 grab bags which are fantastic. It's a great way for them to clear out their range and inventory. Um, and people get, you know, sheets of hardware that are um, sometimes their test hardware. Sometimes it's um, stuff that they're discontinuing, like maybe a different color. And yeah. there's almost always lace in every single order. And that's fantastic. Um, what are the goals? Like we talked about goals, goals, but what are, what's in game? What's, are there prizes? Is there recognition? Is it like ammo payment where it's like you did it or um, do you run that differently? We do run that differently from Namo Paymo. Again, uh, major props to Jennifer and her team for doing prizes. That was another thing that I was like from the very beginning. Nope, we cannot do this. We just do not have the woman power to handle that. Um, so we don't do prizes. Uh, we do have in the past had personalized certificates of completion um, where everybody gets a PDF that they can print with their name on it. Um, some years we've had fun stuff like we've, you know, marked how many years you've been in the project and we haven't had very many, but there are some people who have stuck it out all six years, which is fantastic. Um, so really, really the prize, the prize is you finished your thing and you've done something you maybe hadn't done before, which is great. Uh... And then, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> well, kind of not really in the place of prizes, but kind of um, along those lines, we do a scholarship program. The scholarship program is pretty unique to International Model TAC Month. Um, again, we know that the entry barrier to making model TAC is really high. Um, just finding the supplies, getting your tools, getting the materials can be really expensive. And so in 2020, I touched base with a few people and we got 14 scholarship kits together. That were wow. available to first and second year participants. No, um, no barrier on skill. Because uh, there are some people out there who make fantastic tack 
but they're using wire or scavenged purses or things like that. And they may have a great technical skill, but they haven't gotten to use like good materials yet. I didn't want to lock them out of this opportunity. And we had at least twice as many scholarship applicants as we had scholarships that first year. That's a really great program. It was. It was great. We had Rio Rondo donate some halter and bridal kits um, and Carrie Sloan Meyer also donated some halter kits. She's done halter workshops at Briarfest. So she had a really great set of instructions and materials ready to go. And we we did make sure that we asked for uh, simple kits. We wanted to not overwhelm people. So halters, bridles, things like that. Um, And we also instituted an optional entry fee to help cover the postage for those things. The scholarships are absolutely free of charge to whoever gets them. And we allow international participants in too. Um, Now, am I wrong? Are you not doing it this year? We are not doing the scholarship program this year. 2021 was just a heck of a year. Um, And heading into February and realizing all of the work that was going to go into this, I decided that we needed to pause it for this year so that the whole product could just, the whole program could just run more smoothly and I wouldn't be as stressed out. Um, Because it's kind of a one-woman show. I do have um, Elaine who helps me moderate. But with the addresses and all that personal information, I'm just really not comfortable handing that one off. Um, We did run it in 2021 as well. And I'm hoping to run it again in 2023. Fingers crossed. We still have some of the duplicates from 2021. And thanks to everybody's generosity, which was really amazing. Uh, the International Model Tax Month Bank account is doing very nicely. And we will. <laughs> yeah, it's great. We, um, we were able to buy some kits in 2021 from some uh, hobbyists who weren't able to donate for whatever reason. Like the Unicorn Woman, we bought some of her kits, um, which was it's really great to be able to turn around and also support our hobby businesses by buying these kits to then turn around and send out as scholarships. Fingers so, crossed it comes back. Yay. Um, if people want to donate to International, that's a great point. If they want to donate to International Tax Month, how can they reach you? What's a good way to donate? So this year, um, I have a Ko-Fi set up or coffee. I'm not sure how you pronounce that, actually. Ko-Fi. Ko-Fi, great. Um, like I, Jennifer Buxton and Ann Field have those set up. And this year, I've been very upfront about it. This year, it's just... Maybe it'll buy pizza for my family so I can spend an evening working on the back end instead of making dinner. Um, But in future years, we'll be using the Ko-Fi to also fund International Model Tax Month. If somebody wanted to chip in for that this year, and no pressure, um, there's a link to it in the International Model Tax Month group, which reminds me, very important, all of this takes place on Facebook, which I know is kind of a barrier to some people, and it's a bummer, but that's also the easiest place to have the community. Yeah. And if somebody really wanted to take part in International Model Tack Month and wasn't able to um, participate on Facebook, they could totally email us. Um, our, the email is internationalmodeltackmonth at gmail.com. I check it frequently. Uh, and our sign-up sheet is um, through Google Forms. So you don't have to have Facebook for that either. And are you taking, you're still taking physical donations if people um, have TAC kits? If people have unopened, unused TAC kits, we would totally take those. I haven't reached out to the hobby at large about that, but hey, if somebody has something they want to send us, um, they can email me at, again, internationalmodeltackmonth at gmail.com and we can talk about it. So um, is the only place to see the, the Tack Month stuff on Facebook? There's not a web page or anything like that, correct? Correct, it is. The okay. web page is kind of on my list of things to do, but I need to see, um, I need to see how the financials turn out <laughs> sure. to see if sure. we can afford to maybe um, do some web posting. 
What is your vision for the future of International Tax Month? Do you have your own set of goals that you want to reach with, I mean, above, above and beyond the obvious of getting a lot more people making tax? Mm-hmm. I think um, that my main goal would be to have people come back, come back again and again and participate as many years as they can, even if they don't finish, um, and to learn to stretch themselves, to do something a little bit different every year. Um, I like I've tried to do things in a different scale or a piece of tack that I've never tried before, and I don't usually finish, but that's okay. I learned a lot. And sometimes it's just the education in the community that's your prize that year. That's fine. Yeah, the main goal is to have returning people who do it again and again and bring thing and bring people in too, of course. But I'm less focused on um, the number of newbies and more on the returning people. I, uh, I have a funny tax story. Um, I haven't made much tack in, in my life, but when I used to compete in performance, I would, I would one off like accessories. I would make like breastplates and stuff like that. And I, I made this, um, I had this, I had an extreme justice. I took the man um, that was doing cross country jumping and I made the jump, which was a fruit jump from the Olympics. It looked like a giant fruit stand. And I made his boots and I made his uh, fuzzy breast collar. It's all from kits, right? And I was so <laughs> proud of myself. Like I made his blanket and I, I remember just being so satisfied with, because he went reserve champion and I was so satisfied with nice. that I made myself. So I would encourage everybody to even, like she says, if you only make like a halter or boots or breast collar, it's super satisfying to, it to, really to is. make something. With like, you know, and it's, I feel like uh, rather than painting, which has a much higher learning curve on simple pieces, it's not as hard to get it right the first time. Do you know what I mean? Or at least get it close. If you're detail oriented and um, can cut a straight line or even cut a straight line most of the time if you buy lace, (laughs) you can really get it done if you're detail oriented. That's really all it takes. Honestly, I've the hardest part for me has always been this the skeeving or the skiving, whatever you call skiving, it. That's yeah. like that's the hardest thing for me. Putting we have tutorials for that. That's <laughs> one of the things that we've tried another way to like kind of lower the entry barrier. We do have um we have tutorials that I've made a couple. Carrie Sloan Myers made a few videos that help show you how we do some of these things. Um, and we also have some PDFs of easy projects that you can do with craft store supplies. Like there's a bareback pad you can make. With craft store supplies, you don't have to go and buy, right. you know, place a real Rondo order if you don't want to. So, so that's a great point. You have a tutorial library. Yeah, we do. There's some, I've tried to make one every year for International Model Tack Month. Uh, it hasn't always gone well. Um, <laughs> I tried to remind myself that in the first like three years of International Model Tack Month, I moved across the country. I had a baby and I moved back across the country with a baby. So I'm cutting myself some slack here. <laughs> But last year we did, I did um, put together uh, the saddle, the bareback pad tutorial. Carrie Sundmeyer's halter tutorial is in there. Um, we have a directory of other free tutorials of um, patterns you can buy. Uh, there's a directory of um, suppliers um, with also noted by country. So that if you're in you know, the UK or Europe, you can try and find someone that maybe isn't going to cost you an arm and a leg to ship. We tried to put all the information there as best we can. And we've got some really great people who participate every month or every year, rather. Um, uh, we have Vicki Norris, who usually participates. Carrie Sloan Meyer, of course. Um, 
her bathing on her name. That's horrible. She's she makes some fantastic, um, fantastic costume tack. Um, and she's there too. Terry? No. Terry May does participate some years, but no, not her. Red Desert Saddlery. Paula Oki. Oh, Paula. Got it. Yeah. Paula, there we go. Paula participates too. And um, we usually have Susan Pinsema Young. So we've got oh, some fantastic. Yeah, they're not always super active on Facebook, but if there's a you know particular question that is you know in their wheelhouse, we can usually ping them and they'll chime in and they can offer tips or maybe some resources. And it's just really great to have this community of people that some of them they know their stuff and they can come in right. and give advice. And some of them are, are cheerleaders who are you know in the trenches too. And it can be really great to have somebody else say, "Yeah, yeah, I'm having trouble with this too," and you can just kind of commiserate together. Well, I think that's, I mean, in this style of kind of uh, skill building, that's the best part of the, the the way it's organized is that it's all central and people can commiserate and cheerlead and teach and show their stuff off or, you know, talk about how something got ruined. And right. sometimes it happens, right? Ooh, so, that, yeah, been there, done that. <laughs> so, so yeah, so I think the, the format for this is ingenious. Yeah, Jennifer Buxton had a great idea to pull this from the National uh, Novel Writing Month into the hobby world. And I'm so right. glad that it's taken off. Um, right. I, I think I think that if you started in December and went all the way through, oh, we might be the end of it. Um, you could have a full performance entry. There's the customizing, the ICEE. Yep. Um, there's, which comes right before Nemo Pemo. So you could customize your horse. You could paint it. I'm pretty sure that in March, it's the Little Rider Doll Challenge. Yeah, the doll challenge is going on right now. And then you hit us in April. And by the time you're done, you could have a performance entry ready to go out and rock it. If, <laughs> take, if you can focus that long. <laughs> yeah, I, I could not sustain that level of focus. But if somebody out there does it, they need a special award. <laughs> I, think, um, I think it's a great way. I think when I was younger in the hobby, I found people doing the type of work that you do at the level they do it. And I found it so unapproachable, right? Because um, kind of the way of first gen and second gen artists was to keep, you know, keep their, keep their secrets. Um, You know, and the only person we really had was Carol making her kits, right? Because Carol's Mm -hmm. always been open about her process. Um, So it's amazing now to see everybody just, you know, throwing the doors open and saying, this is how I do stuff. Right. Yeah. I think social media has really helped with that too. It's really easy to just snap a picture of whatever you're doing, throw it on Instagram. And if you've got it set up right, that Instagram post can also be directly into your Facebook page and you just got it all out there. It's great. And I think I came in, um, when Jennifer Buxton was like at her height. And so I've never really experienced that kind of gatekeeping and I'm really grateful for it. It's also like, that's the only culture I've known. And so I also try and be really open and approachable about my process because this is tiny stuff. Yeah. Jen's very generous. I I think she learned from, you know, trying to figure it out herself because, Mm -hmm. you know, she ran into the same sort of situation. Um, so she's always been very forthright about how she does stuff, why she does stuff, you know, and yeah. providing help. Uh, and the why is almost as important as the how sometimes. Yeah. So um, closing thoughts. What What do you want to say? What do you want to plug? Oh, it's International Model Tech Month still. Come <laughs> join us. Come have fun. Make a halter. <laughs> make a lead rope. I don't care. Just come try <laughs> something. 
the Facebook group, you can find it. It's a private Facebook group, um, but I try and check the member requests frequently. So just make sure you answer the questions, please, so that I know you're not, so that you haven't, you know, you're not from like Saudi Arabia and you've searched international, you know, models or something. I don't know. Or the U.S. or whatever. We get some weird ones. We get some weird I, ones. I bet you do. <laughs> yeah, just please answer the questions. If you search International Model Tag Month on Facebook, um, you'll get it. You'll get to us. Um, and I'll try and keep on top of that. You can message me um, through the studio if you want, dreamflightdesign.com with any questions. Um, the email is internationalmodeltagmonth at gmail.com. Um, it's going to be really fun. It's a little lower key this year. Uh, last year, I really like, I put a lot of effort into it last year and it was fun and it was great. And this year I need to rest. And so yeah. it's the whole thing's just kind of a little lower key and I'm looking forward to a quieter year and hopefully we can ramp it back up in 2023. Yay. Uh, plug your studio, please. Oh, yeah. Dream Flight Design. Um, I was 16 when I made my studio name. So it's Dream <laughs> F-L-I-T-E Design. Um, Forgive me, everyone. <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm in too deep to change it now. <laughs> or, or if you search Anna Hell, you'll also probably get me. That's, that's in my, um, my studio, my Facebook page name, too. Um, oh, okay. I have a, the Facebook page. I've got a website. I have an Instagram um, searching Dream Flight Design, F-L-I-T-E. Um, will, pro- will get me. Um, honestly, the normal spelling of flight normally gets me, too, now. <laughs> Yeah, I've so. been known. To, I've been known to misspell it, though. Uh, it's Anna, it's my own fault. <laughs> Anna is also a fellow graphic designer, so I have like a special love for her because we both know uh, beyond anything else you do, having a graphic design background is way more useful than anybody talks about. It's been amazing. It's been the best, and I I am the kind of person that I would have hated as a graphic designer <laughs> <laughs> with my misspelled name. I thought I was clever. No, no, you're just twee. This is <laughs> I mean, I think everybody goes through that. You know, I'm going to spell my name Sandy E E. You know what I mean? Like when they're yeah. 16 or 17. So I don't, I don't have a problem with it. I just find myself forgetting that you spell it that way. That's the only issue. And I, I know it's weird. I don't hold it against anybody. <laughs> All right, Anna, uh, we want to thank you for joining us. Uh, this has been a really fun and great interview. Uh, and you maybe convinced me to enter because I haven't made TAC in so long. And every once Do in a while, I get the itch. So maybe I'll make a halter or something. 10% off a Rio Rondo kit. Oh, uh, that's, that's another really good point to make, though. Um, all of those special offers, they have codes that you can only find in the International Model TAC Month group. There's nothing that will stop you from just joining the group and getting the codes and not actually doing the event it's whatever we don't care they don't care but you have to be in the group to get the codes and once you're in the group and maybe come to your house and be like maybe you'll start a a project where's where's your tag you got the discount (laughs) (laughs) all right uh so anything else i think i think we've covered it okay on awesome uh so um i want to thank anna for joining us um uh everybody should uh Make make a piece of tack for International Tack Month yeah. and show it off. And um, if you participate, maybe we'll have you come on the show and uh, interview about your experience. That'd be so much fun. Wouldn't that be fun? We'll bring Anna on and some people that that did something for the uh, for the. Uh, I don't want to say contest because it's not a contest. Right. Yeah. I don't know what to call it. Project event. I go back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're gonna get out of here. And thanks so much, Anna. Yep.
The Mares in Black Podcast, created and hosted by Heather Malone and Jackie Rossi. Written by Heather Malone. Produced by Heather Malone, Jackie Rossi, and Joshua Wessner. Edited by Joshua Wessner, engineered at Two Ton Studios. Fulfillment Enforcer, Jackie Rossi. Thank <laughs> you.